Handful of Stars by Cynthia Lord. Chapter 21. After the blueberry barrens are raked, they turn rusty red until fall when they're burned or mowed to start their rebirth. The raked berries are frozen or canned or dried and then shipped all over the world to end up in muffins and pancakes and other things. I wonder if people who open those packages and jars ever think about where those berries came from, how far away from home they've traveled and all the hands they've passed through to bring them to their table. And would they be surprised to know that some of those hands were kid size? I guess some people would care and some people wouldn't, but as Papere says, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. Each year when Mr. Winthrop calls the end to the blueberry harvest, it's celebrated with a soccer game on the Barrens. The rakers divide into teams based on where the players are from. Whichever team won last year's blueberry cup gets a free pass to the finals. Last year, Honduras won, so the United States was playing Mexico this year for the semifinals. Canada tried to get a team together, but they didn't have enough people who wanted to play, Selma told me, as I settled Lucky and Rosie onto the blanket that we'd spread out to sit on while we watched the game. I looped their leashes around my ankles and then crossed my legs so they couldn't go anywhere. I'm so glad Rosie and Lucky are getting along. Selma scratched both their bellies, one with each hand. Dr. Katz says Lucky is getting so good at following Rosie that from a distance no one would even know he's blind. At first it had been a little hard on me that Lucky had taken to Rosie so well. Of course I wanted it to happen, but I couldn't help a pang of missing that I used to be the one Lucky depended on. But I'm learning it's okay to let Rosie do things for him too. I even caught Mamere slipping Rosie and Lucky some bacon one morning when she was cooking breakfast and didn't know I was watching. When I thanked her, she said, it fell to the floor. But then she smiled. We both knew different. I've brought you something, I told Salma, reaching for my backpack. Salma stopped scratching and Lucky pawed the air to find her hand to keep it going. I took all the money that you and I had earned painting bee houses and Papere bought you a savings bond with it. I held out the envelope to her. She didn't take it. You didn't have to do that. We earned it together. I put the envelope in her lap. School costs a lot more than this, but it's a start. Selma ran her fingers over the envelope. You need an account, so Papere set it up. He got your social security number off our copy of the pageant application, and inside the envelope is a certificate that has all the information on it. I opened my backpack again. I brought you something else, too. It's not as fun as the first thing, though. I pulled out a little notebook and pencil. In between soccer games and whenever this game gets boring, I'm going to teach you how to add and subtract fractions. Salma rolled her eyes. Do we have to? Yep, I said. If you want to go to college, you can't be afraid of fractions. I flipped open my notebook before Salma could think of any excuses not to do this. They're only hard until someone shows you. As Lucky and Rosie napped in the sun, the United States and Mexico battled it out on the soccer field, and Salma practiced making the denominators the same. As the game wore on, I made the problems harder. Why is it so complicated? She asked, irritated. It seems harder than it should be. I shrugged. That's math for you. But the good part is that once you learn it, it doesn't change. You always do it the same way. By the time the Honduras took the field to warm up, Salma was doing the problems on her own. This really isn't as hard as I thought it was, she said. I nodded. I'm going to tear out these notebook pages for you to take with you, okay? Then if you forget, you can look back at these examples and remember. Thank you. I have something for you too, Salma said, putting down the pencil. It's big though. Stay here. I'll go get it. 
Waiting for her, I watched the soccer ball zipping down the field. It didn't seem 100% fair that the Blueberry Cup winner from last year only had to play one game, especially when the other teams were tired out from playing one another. But I guess that's life. It's not always fair, but you have to show up and play your best anyway. Salma came back carrying a big piece of paper in front of her. I could tell there was something on the other side, but she held it against her so I couldn't see. Mr. Winthrop liked my bee houses at the pageant so much that he asked me if I'd paint him a few pictures for the Winthrop offices. He bought me some paints and paper, and he even paid me. I painted two pictures of the barons for him, and I painted one for you, too. She turned the paper around. So you won't forget me. It was a painting of three dogs, one black, one yellow, and one bright white, running under a night sky full of stars across the barrens dotted with blueberries, and along the edge of the far-off road, a patch of tiger lilies. This winter, when I look up at the stars, I'll imagine you in Maine playing in the snow with Lucky and Rosie, Salma said. And I'll imagine you in Florida wearing shorts and flip-flops and painting beautiful pictures. Reaching for it, I also imagine Luna running right off the edge of the painting and up the steps of Salma's house, home again after a long time away, and Mama looking down from heaven, smiling to see those tiger lilies. Then I saw something in the painting I hadn't seen at first. All around the dogs, under their paws, along the little road, even surrounding the tiger lilies, the blueberries were different colors. Red, pink, purple, black, blue, white, and even some with stripes. On each little blueberry was a tiny dot of yellow, a whole galaxy of stars.